Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where you learn how to create, launch, and promote your own online courses. I'm Phil Ebener. Along with me is my host, co-host, Jeremy Deegan. And today we've got a great guest, Christopher Still, in the house with us. Welcome to the show. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. Jeremy, how's it going? You ready for this yeah. show? Excited? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I always love these. So I know very little about Chris. He teaches trumpet. I know that. He's in the very beginning of his online teaching journey, and I think he has a lot that he can share for people who are just getting started out, uh, who are just creating their first course, building their, starting to build their brand, and everything like that. So it's going to be really cool to uh, hear that part of the journey, and it's something that I know a lot of people who listen to the show ask for more of. Get people on the show who are just starting out, who are more at my level. Um, and uh, yeah, we're excited to, to get into it. So I guess first, can you just tell us a little bit more about uh, your background and um, yeah, just what, what you're up to and what I, I told, I kind of spilled the beans, but I know you teach trumpet, but um, yeah, just a little bit more about your background. No problem. Yeah, guys, great to be here, by the way. So just to clarify my, so I'm not just a trumpet teacher. My full-time job is I'm a trumpet player with the Los Angeles Philharmonic, which those of you who don't are, are not familiar with that, it's actually a full-time job, 52 weeks a year, and it's is my actual only job. Teaching, however, is just a huge part of what I do, and it's um, it's kind of an outreach from being in that orchestra. We work with a lot of inner city kids and a lot of underserved areas, so the teaching thing just kind of goes hand in hand. I actually did my undergrad in music education and initially thought I was going to become a band director, which would have been awesome, too. But um, somewhere through my college years, I decided that maybe performing was going to be a little more interesting and sort of went on that tangent. So uh, it's been quite a journey, that's for sure. That I, That is amazing. The L.A. Philharmonic is like, that's pretty impressive, man. That's cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I can't believe that's what I do for a living. It's um, I feel very fortunate, for sure. Very How many cool. years have you been playing? Um, I've been playing the trumpet since I was seven, oh, wow. um, but, uh, I've, and I've, so the journey of an orchestral musician is it's really similar to being a professional athlete where you start in the minor leagues and you get coachings and you, you know, study and you practice and you're probably involved in your junior high or high school teams and maybe go to college for it. Um, and if you decide it's something you want to do professionally at some point or another, you start to hit the circuit and you start taking auditions and, uh, the way that works is you don't really pick and choose where you get a job. Actually, one of my first jobs was in Spain. My wife is also a musician and she uh, was a clarinetist. She won a job over there and I ended up living in Spain for two years, which is great. I mean, that's like, what a bonus uh, to get to live in Spain for a few years. Then we came back and I bounced around. I was in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. I played principal trumpet there for a while. And then I moved on to associate principal in Dallas, principal in Colorado. Anyway, you get the picture where you just kind of bounce around from team to team and uh, climb the ladder. And I'm happy to say uh, L.A. Phil is absolutely one of the best jobs. This city is fantastic. It's cutting edge. People embrace new work. They embrace uh, people who take risks. And there's just so much going on here. It's it's pretty much a dream job. But so the way that wraps back into the courses is I get people flying in from all over the country to uh, play their audition list. So auditions are a big part of what I teach. I teach practice, performance, 
auditions and mindset. And and by the way, not just for trumpet, because the skills are totally applicable to any kind mm-hmm. of learning. Um, people learn differently and they have different approaches, but the, the nuts and the bolts of how you're going to get from A to B are pretty similar for almost everybody. And what I found was students would come in and they'd say, hey, can I play my list for you? And they'd sit down in my studio and they'd play a few excerpts. And I'd say, well, the thing we need to talk about is you've got these, this, this, and this as a basic flaw to your playing, like a sound concept or your articulation, or you're just, you're not really ready to, to present this material because you've got all these other things to learn and say, so when, when exactly is the audition? And and the answer is always, uh, it's next Tuesday. <laughs> so <laughs> it, there's so much, there's only so much, uh, lasting change you can do in such a short amount of time. So what I started to think about was why don't I just put this basic information that I repeat over and over the the Mm -hmm. different students are all making the same mistakes and they're, you know, if they want to fly to LA and pay for an hour with me, I'm happy to do it. But I, my, my inspiration isn't to make money with this. This is to help serve people and help them, uh, you know, embrace their dreams and and get where they want to go. So the online space is, it just blew me away. Actually, I can't even remember where I first, what I first learned online. I have to be honest, Phil, one of the first things I looked at was I went to YouTube and I searched something like um, how to sync audio with video in Premiere Pro (laughs) and your video came up. And yeah, (laughs) hey, people listening, this YouTube works for sales funnels because I eventually found your other videos and ended up um, uh, joining the community on your website. And pretty much everything that's going on in here, audio, lighting, editing, is all from your courses. So I, I can't thank you enough for that. Oh, anyway, that was, a long, that was a long answer to your question. But um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, that's awesome. And I'm so happy to hear that my courses, my videos and everything have helped you out. Um, so where in LA are you living now? Uh, we live in Altadena, which is a nice. foothill community up north of Pasadena. Um, right outside my studio is the Angeles National Forest. We've got coyotes and uh, bears walking around up here. But it's um, uh, people think Los Angeles is a concrete jungle mm-hmm. or just a traffic, which we definitely have those issues here, too. But uh, I've never seen more natural beauty in a major city that we have in LA. So it's it's a great place. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm actually in San Dimas. So a little bit further East, but yeah, right next to the foothills. And, uh, yeah, so it is beautiful. And come and see a concert sometime. Yeah, uh, for sure. We're wrapping up our uh, season at Walt Disney concert hall downtown and we're at the Hollywood bowl for the summer, but, um, I I can hook you up. Oh, dude, for sure. Jeremy, you're, you're in, Florida? I'm in Florida. I'll fly out to watch a concert. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. I could surprise my wife. (laughs) Date night. Be fun. Oh, that's a good date night. I I played saxophone, but I stopped at the high school level. So after high school, I really didn't continue on much after that. But well, you you probably made a good choice. I, I feel like if you're if there's any way that you could do anything else with your life than be a professional musician, you should do that. <laughs> it is not a, um, uh, my, my kids both. So it's, and uh, this year they started Suzuki and uh, Suzuki violin and cello, respectively. And you know, all my colleagues and people who meet me, they're like, oh, you're so your kids are going to become musicians. Right. And I'm, I'm trying to explain that. Well, I definitely want them to learn 
to play classical music, orchestral music, because of all the benefits and the way it helps your brain and that all the benefits that come with it. And of course, it's it's a it's a fun thing to do. But I just pray to God that they, neither one of them want to become professionals because it's it's a long road. And it's um, lucky for me for my online courses, learning how to master audition preparation and to win an audition is has a lot of moving parts. And so if they did want to do that, dad could definitely hook them up and, and help them figure out how to do that. But um, it's part of the reason I'm doing these courses because there's so much uh, knowledge that I've amassed over the past decades and all the auditions that I've taken that I, uh, I, I really want to help people with it. Yeah. Cool. I could have used that in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're ta talk more about where exactly are you in your, with your courses? Um, where do you actually have courses created? Where are those living right now? And yeah, they're living in my studio right now. <laughs> yeah. So I guess for uh, the listeners of this podcast, I, I'm definitely going to be um, kind of a great example of the starting out mistakes that you can make. And I've made them. I've made all of them, some of them more than once. Um, so just to explain my brand. So the brand is called Honesty Pill. And what that is, is um, I, I find, especially with creatives, that they we don't like to face the things that we don't do well. We don't like to do things. I guess it's human nature for anybody, really. Um, but when you're a performing musician and you play for judges, whether you're in high school, college or on the audition circuit, and you hear something you don't like, most people just brush it under the rug and start creating excuses as to, you know, oh, well, you know, they they already knew who they were going to hire or that band teachers never liked me. All the excuses start to come out and a large percentage of musicians will fail because of that failure to embrace their biggest weakness and then do something about it. So my approach to teaching is to say, look, you've got to identify what your game changer is, what your weaknesses are, and then you know, run towards that as fast as you can swallow the honesty pill. So the first course I was going to make, and this is like a warning to people creating a course, was the Audition Masterclass series. And it was an eight-part course, and it covered everything from creating your strategy, updating your resume, amassing your reference recordings, learning how to record yourself, taking mock auditions, playing for others, the audition day visualizations, and then the audition debrief at the end. And I sat on it for a year, for a whole year. I've had all the scripts written, PDFs, visuals, you name it. And I just got locked into being frozen in this opus that I had created. And finally, my wife, who's also an entrepreneur, uh, she has her own startup. She said, you need to just choose one thing and just get it out there. Just put something out there. She's begging me, just put anything out there. I don't even care what it is. So I broke down that massive course into um, a lot of small things. And I just identified the very first one, which is actually launching in two weeks. So I don't know when this will air, cool. but... It'll May be 30th. out. Yeah, it'll be out. This one will come out probably a couple weeks after that. So cool. It, it awesome. Well, uh, God willing, uh, May 30th, uh, honestypill.com will launch with uh, one course and it's called the Audition Strategy Session. And what I'm basically focusing on is where are you right now? Where do you want to go? What's holding you back? And what's the plan? We're going to mind map. We're going to just get into 
kind of just dealing with all those things that uh, people are afraid to embrace and, and, and make an actual plan that you can commit to and, and I'll hold your hand the whole way. And that's what the course basically is. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm glad you said that because we find that a lot of people just get hung up in so much of the technical aspects and uh, what they're going to create that, like you said, you just end up not making anything or you delay yourself for too long. We actually ended up making a free challenge on the website that anyone can check out. And the whole purpose of that challenge is just to get someone to go quickly through the process and get something out there so that they can get that sense of accomplishment and learn all those little steps along the way. Yeah. Uh, so how much of the course have you created? You, you have it like almost completed. And also I want to ask you where, where are you going to host that course? Are you hosting it on your own site or are you going to use one of the marketplaces? Right. So, uh, the first part of that question is actually, I have the entire arc completed because it's, nice. it's basically, it's all the information is just based on my own personal audition and practicing experience. So it's, it's all done. Um, I haven't recorded all the video for all the courses, but a lot of it is complete. And I've, I've been tweaking things as I go and, and learning and, you know, making it better. Um, so it's, it's ready to go. Um, obviously I'm going to launch the first course and then kind of see what happens and see what mistakes I've made. I'm way open to feedback from my students. I actually feel like I completely, like modeled a lot of my uh, opening dialogues after yours that I'm like, look, this is my first course. It may not be perfect. I'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys need me to do to make it better. Um, I know a lot, but my students know a lot and I don't know what they don't know and they don't know what they don't know. So it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as far as hosting. So I'm in a kind of a weird white space with what I teach because yeah. there, there are a million online music courses out there. You could learn piano, you could learn uh, how to score things, you could learn four-part vocal writing, whatever you want. There's there's a saxophone course out there for you, Jeremy, if you want it. <laughs> but what I'm what I'm doing is actually not specific to one instrument. It's it's more of a, a mindset development thing and mm -hmm. learning how to deal with goals and and your yourself. Actually, it's kind of like being a golfer where you're you're fighting against your own self more than anybody else. So where to host it is actually kind of interesting because I went to Udemy and I looked to see like who's out there doing what I'm doing and nobody is really doing what I'm doing. So while I think that's a great place for me to be, it's also difficult because I don't even know what SEO to use to, to get people to find mm -hmm. what I teach. So at, at the moment, I'm using uh, Lifter LMS for my LMS which is awesome, by the way. I looked at think uh, I looked at uh, LearnDash and Lifter, and they're both awesome choices. But I'm doing Lifter, cool. and I'm going to self-host it. And I definitely think I'm going to do a mini version of this course, uh, non non-branded. I think because I don't I don't think you can have like your honestypill.com in the background for you to me, right? As a, yes, you can. Yeah, yeah, oh. you can have it at the like very beginning. I think the technical rule, at least at this time, is like you could have a little logo or something at the beginning and end, but oh, it shouldn't be cool. throughout. So you could have it kind of. It's easy to, easy to fix, but yeah. I, I definitely want to throw some stuff out there and see what happens. Obviously, Udemy is an enormous platform, and there's just so many people there, and I'm sure somebody is looking online for this stuff. So yeah, um, that that is that's a little bit of a challenge for me is figuring out 
how to get it out there. Yeah. And I know I, we've talked about, we've chatted online about this a while back, didn't we? Had you, you sent me messages? Oh, yeah. We've, we've chatted a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I remember, and that was one of the things I remember thinking is that it's so specific <clears throat> that it seems like it, it's a perfect idea to host it on your own website. And if you're already having people coming to you who have asked for your coaching or teaching in the past, that's the perfect way to get started. And you'll have this course on online and you can offer it to them there. Um, So it'll be really interesting to see how it goes. And I also think it's a good idea to put out one course, not create the entire series and realize after the fact that, Oh, you were made a mistake or there's something you were doing that students didn't like. So I think that's a good idea to kind of launch with the first uh, part and see, see how it goes. Do you have any idea how you're going to price this? Because I, I mean, I have no experience in what you're kind of teaching or what your rates are like in general, if you coached people in person or in the past. So do you have an idea what you want to charge for this? Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of thinking about pricing. And um, so there's there's sort of three buckets for Honesty Pill. There's performance, practice, and auditions. And depending on which one of those buckets you're in, kind of it skews towards a certain demographic of level. So most of my audition folks are going to be more upper level, semi-pros semi or pros, definitely college students who are needing to get on the audition circuit. So I'm going to price that way less. Actually, I'm going to price a whole course way less than even one hour with me because I want them to actually buy the course and do everything that I've asked them to do so that when they do come to me in person, Skype lesson, that they have the information so that I can help them and actually maybe help them win an audition. So I'm going to price it under what you'd pay for an hour with me in my studio. But the other part of it is the how to practice part. And so let me give you just a tiny bit of background because it, it, it's relevant to the pricing model. Um, L.A. Phil does a lot of outreach with underserved communities in Los Angeles. We have um, Youth Orchestra Los Angeles, which is called YOLA. Mm-hmm. And these kids are amazing. They, they're so motivated and they're dedicated. A lot of them actually want to become music teachers or performers, but they don't have resources. They don't have a parent who can drive them across town for a lesson. They don't have money for um, instruments and recording devices and manuscript and pencils. They just don't have it. Um, But what they all have is a smartphone in their pocket, all of them. In fact, I I just did a coaching last week, and I I asked that question, how many of you guys have smartphones in your pockets? Every single one of them. And I said, how many of you guys would pick up that phone and log into a website where I would be there teaching you how to – play 16th notes or what a triplet is or whatever. And all of them are like, oh my God, that'd be incredible. So I want to price that really cheap because they're not, they're, I'm not looking for them to be like, oh, this is a good value. They, they don't really think in those terms. They're, they're actually probably going to be provided this through the LA Phil as a sort of an affiliate situation. Um, so I'm going to make that really accessible because I want them to get that accessibility and th- those resources into their hands. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that's going to work, and I certainly need to uh, raise some money with this because I want to put it back into the business and grow it, mm-hmm. um, but I also don't want to scare people off, uh, especially since this is my first course. Oh, so, last thing about that was I'm going to do a three-tiered pricing model where there's a buy one course for this amount, 
um, buy two courses for this amount or become a pro level me- level member for, you know, 17 bucks a month or whatever it is, yeah. which is what I'm hoping most people do, because I think it's going to be a great value exchange for everybody. So I had a, a couple questions for you, and I want to kind of take it back for just a moment just to make sure that I'm on the same page. Um, so who is your exact target uh, audience or market? Because I know you said that some of it is about the auditioning, but some of it's about mindset too. And you said it could be used for trumpet players, but also musicians. So are you are you targeting all, all of that? Is it for any musician or is it for anyone in general? And are you is, it, is this uh, first course strictly for auditions or is it auditions and mindset? So just right. kind of walk through that for a minute. Right. I just want to get on the same page here. Yeah. So um, the, this first course I'm la- launching is definitely for um, intermediate to advanced people who are on the audition circuit, people who are, okay. um, and that, that could mean a college student or even a high school student who is auditioning for college music, like a conservatory. Um, it's definitely, this course is definitely specifically for them. Actually, none of my courses at the moment are for outright beginners on an instrument okay. because that that's not, that's definitely not something I think you should do online. I think you should have a teacher right next to you to show you, you know, hand position or embouchures or, you know, all those little nuances that, that I think would get lost online. Um, I, I'll be clear about this is I, I think that this honesty pill courses are all a supplement to private instruction that you should always go to a private teacher who's, who's reputable first and talk to them about the fact that you might want to incorporate this and, you know, add this as part of your studies. But there are a lot of people out there who don't have access to a private teacher. And that that's kind of where the Yola kids come in, where they do have coaches occasionally, but they don't have a regular thing. And any kind of learning needs to be um, consistent. It needs to be every week. It needs to be uh, easy to get to or they're not going to not going to do it. Right. Now, you mentioned, you know, um, trying to figure out like SEO things that you would kind of go for and uh, thinking about the kids that you want to help not being able to maybe afford a a higher end product. Um, One idea I had is have you, have you looked into YouTube being something that you could do? Because I feel like YouTube would be a great fit where you could put up some tutorial videos and tips and tricks and have that information that you could send to like these children or anyone else can find you and learn about you and get some of these tips and tricks and then have that also be a place that could help drive traffic into your course. So are you doing any, any type of YouTube work at all? 100%. Yeah. I, again, thanks to Phil because I, Learn that on one of your videos that I need to be doing that. And frankly, the way that I found you guys was YouTube. So, yeah, YouTube, Nerd Engine, people are typing everything in there. And um, not a lot of people are typing in um, honestypill.com. So I've got to figure out what are the words that are going to draw them to a video on how to prepare for an audition or how to, how to not get nervous when I play or all the topics that wrap up into those performance practice audition mindset buckets. Um, so how far have I gotten on that? Well, again, this, this is warning, warning to newbies. Um, just put it out there. So I have a YouTube channel and there are three videos on it right now. And the three videos are a, uh, sort of a tour blog vlog that I did when the LA Phil was in uh, Asia recently. Um, and I did, a. I uh, did one about acoustics. I did one about um, actually the acoustics one's pretty amazing. I, I posted it and within 42 hour, uh, 48 hours, it got um, almost 4000 views on Facebook, 
So I thought, all right, there's definitely an audience for this, this type of thing. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like doing YouTube, that's what'll happen is you don't know really what to kind of go for right now, but just putting content out there and viewing it over time, you'll figure that out. You'll see what people are liking, what they're responding to and Mm -hmm. commenting on. So just, yeah, put, put videos out, try random things and just kind of see, do some mindset things, do some auditioning and, and just kind of see what are people reacting to. And that'll give you a, a better sense of what to go for and also what to put in your courses. Yeah. And one thing that I love about what you're doing right now, and I want to just ask you about is if you go, if I go to all of your social media, if right now, I don't know what your website's going to look like when this launches, but I'm assuming it'll have all the links to your social media and everything, but your Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, it all has the nice honesty pill branding with a really cool logo one is like, how did you come up with, um, you talked about the name, but how did you come up with the actual like style? Did you outsource this? Did you just come up with it yourself? And what kind of tools did you actually use to create the, the actual logos themselves? This episode and all of our episodes are sponsored by the Online Course Masters Academy, the one and only place you need to become an online course master yourself. With over two dozen courses that tackle every aspect of running a successful online course business, a private community of students like you, and bonuses like live office hours and webinar trainings, we've built the Online Course Masters Academy for anyone creating their very first online course and for anyone more advanced looking to increase their business and brand. Visit onlinecoursemasters.com academy to join today. So um, one thing you should know about me, which is typical of many successful orchestral musicians, is that we are control freaks. <laughs> yeah. We like to do everything we can't. This is actually a question I have for you guys later about um, when things start to grow, how to let go and, and delegate, because I, I, I know I'm going to be awful at that. But anyway, um, I, I just I need it to look like it looks in my head. Mm-hmm. So nobody else can do that for me. Uh, I did hire a graphic designer who is incredible, who uh, my wife's company, um, they hired this graphic designer. And so she did the logo that you see. It's the honesty pill. There's a slash uh, through the words, and that's actually the um, the pendulum of a metronome. That's what that's supposed to be. And then it says, uh, honesty pill, it's time to face the music. That's So that's my logo. And then she also designed the logo mark which is HP with that slash through it. And it's, it, if you look at it, it looks like one of those pills that you can break in half. So, um, ah, yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to overdo the pill thing. Both of my parents were pharmacists. So I think that's where the <laughs> idea came up. Um, but the branding, um, the designer also suggested gold as one of the colors because she was thinking of a brass instrument and also gold is like the truth and the light and whatever. I loved it. Um, the other brand colors are black and white. So black, white and gold, because frankly, um, when I'm editing video and I need to throw a black background behind something, it's easier to make everything look homogenous with that color. Mm-hmm. So normally I record with a green screen in my studio and I just throw that to black. And so I can put stuff up behind me and the, the branding just, it works with that really well. Yeah. Um, looks good. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and um, I barely use Twitter. I, I just don't get Twitter yet. So, yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is your um, like website traffic 
look like? Do you have your website up? Is it live? I have it. It is zero. It, 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 it launches in two weeks. So what okay. you'll see right now. So that'll is, launch with the course you, and everything. Yeah, there, it, there's a maintenance page up right now. Okay. Um, if if you want, I can throw it live for a second so you can look at it. Uh, while we yeah. but, um, but it's yeah. um, just a in construction mode right now. So what, what is the rest of your audience look like on like Facebook and your other social media? And do you have, I guess you don't have an email list at this point in time. Well, I, so I do have, I, I gotta be honest with you guys. I, as far as audience development in the beginning, I, they've all just come to me. In fact, I can't, I can't keep the trumpet players away because they're the ones who, who I get a new ad every day on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that I make it clear when the course, this is not a trumpet course. I'm not going to be teaching you how to play the Haydn trumpet concerto. <laughs> We're not going to be talking about high notes. This is going to be, um, how to, how to approach an instrument. And certainly I'm a professional trumpet player, but, um, that's not the focus, but I have, um, before I've even launched, I think I have around 400 Instagram followers, um, with good engagement and Facebook is maybe 300 people like the page so far. Um, I only created the Facebook group last week. So there's two people in it, my wife and myself, just to make sure it works. But um, I definitely want to grow that community and use uh, Facebook as I I think my audience lives on Facebook. Um, Instagram is is awesome as well. But I think that's where they really are and where I'm hoping most of the interactions will take place. Real quick, I had I had uh, just a thought. What's your Facebook group called? I'm glad you asked because right now it's called the Honesty Pill Facebook group. And I, I toyed around with uh, the Honesty Pill Mastermind group or uh, something a little more branded. But um, yeah. at the moment, it's just Honesty Pill. <laughs> so one one trick I learned that's kind of cool is if if you're driving people from your website or your course or you want a private kind of community for Honesty Pill, then name it what the group is called. If you're trying to drive a traffic from Facebook back to your website, then you should give it a more generic name that will target the people that you're trying to pull into your website. So, you know, you might want to call it, I don't know, like musicians or, um, you know, um, musicians who like to audition. I don't know what the name would be, but you know what I mean? You would, you would create maybe a more generic name where people are searching for that information on Facebook. They see a group that fits them and then they join that group. And then from there, you lead them into your website. I don't know which way you're trying to try to go there. If it's trying to be a private group for your brand, or if you're trying to get people off Facebook to your brand. Well, actually, since I've got the two of you sitting here, that's a really good question I've been struggling with is, should I launch this as a private group for people who have purchased courses and want to talk about the courses? Or should it be an open group um, where it's just musicians get together and bounce ideas off each other? I I kind of am leaning towards not doing it at open because I want, I don't want to just have anybody waltz in and, and spam. And it seems like it would be harder to regulate if it was wide open. I mean, I the know. thing is, I think it's like two completely different things and not to make more work for you. I think there's a place for having the honesty pill mastermind group or Facebook group that's exclusive to people who join your courses. And that's great because you can spend more time with those people. And it's an extra bonus perk of be joining your courses as they get part of this exclusive group. Um, but there's also just such a benefit in having a an open community 
on Facebook where it could still be a private group where you have to approve members. Maybe you ask them a few questions because you can do that with Facebook groups. You ask them a few questions so that you can kind of gauge whether they're actually interested in joining the group. But like Jeremy said, it could be, it could even be called like online courses for musicians by honesty pill. So you could still have that branding in the title, but the the, also the words online courses for musicians which is also still part of your branding is something that people might be more likely to search for or if they see that group name then they they know it's they understand more what it is um and i've found that just with the online course masters group and my own um photography uh group on facebook it is a great traffic builder for getting people from facebook to to the website. So I, I think it's two completely separate things and it, it's more work to have to deal with, you know, spam and running two groups. But, um, I think it's good to kind of be clear with what, what the group is, is for. So, well, yeah. One, one way I'm, I'm thinking about getting around it is maybe a, a bit of a compromise having, having an open group, but having the screening questions, maybe three questions like, what do you, hope to get out of this group or why do you want to join this group just to see if someone even takes the time to respond then that would show me they have a little bit of an interest and in, in might be an, uh, a participating member of the community rather than just you know stalking around so yeah we'll I, I mean that's that's not a bad thing i would just if you're going to do that i don't know if i would make um honesty pill be the name of the group and the reason why is because how do you find a group? You go in there by searching for information that you want to be a member of. And so people aren't probably typing in honesty pill or they might be typing in, you know, something about pills and finding your group and it's not your audience. So you got to be a little bit careful of that I aspect. I don't want the people searching for pills. <laughs> yeah. So, so you got to, you know, I would, you, it's okay to have an open group like that, but just the name in itself, that's how Facebook is finding and sending people to you and people are finding your group unless you're promoting it elsewhere. And okay. so uh, it's okay to have an open group like that. And at, at, like in our group, we have the online course master it's a public group and we vet people who come through. We ask them three questions. We go through and we approve them or decline them. And so we have the ability to let people in based on if we think they're a good fit or not. Um, in our aspect, online course is part of the brand name. So if anyone types in online course, our group is going to come up because it's part of that brand name. You don't have musicians or auditions in your brand name. So you got to be a little careful in that regards. As Phil said, Ultimately, it'd probably be best to have both of them have the honesty pill private group for the people who join your course. And you might have very few people in there, but those are people that you can really give your attention to and it becomes an extra perk for them. And then you could have an open group, which you I've even seen people say, like, you know, the musicians group sponsored by honesty pill is something oh. you could do and you could have it in the branding and you could have it in the little header image at the top with the little link to you know could say the musicians group sponsored by www.honestypill.com is something you could do but the actual naming convention of that group is needs re really to reflect what people are searching for those people your audience that you're trying to get into that group that's awesome that's great advice 
I've got, we're running out of time here, but I got one quick question. And then I also want to respond to your question about um, just letting go of, of things and starting to outsource and get help. And actually, we wanted to open it up uh, just a little bit if you have any questions for us while you're you're here with us. But my question is just with your email list as a beginner who's um, starting to grow your courses, right? You said you have uh, people on your email list, like one, like how are they actually getting onto your list? And do you have any sort of plan for from social media or from your website, what, having an opt-in form, a lead magnet or anything like that? What, what are you planning to do? Yeah. So I, I am using MailChimp for my, uh, to deal with my mailing list. And again, I, I have 300 people on my mailing list. And I'm, now that I'm saying this out loud, I, I bet it's the same 300 people who are <laughs> following me on all of the platforms. So um, how did I get those 300 was just I, a year ago, I put up a website that was a coming soon and I had, a, had an opt-in form that was, um, if you subscribe to this, I'll get you, um, you know, obviously first information about when things are released. And I will send you an article I wrote um five performance myths busted. And it was just talking about different misconceptions people have about being a performer. And that really worked well. Um, I have sadly neglected my mailing list. I, I know it's terrible. And I know I, I, I didn't take it. the, list, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm actually now it's finally come around to where we're actually going to launch. So I'm, I'm starting to uh, relight the fire under my uh, reaching out to that list and taking care of those people. So um, yeah, go. that's basically how, how I found them. Oh, and as far as keeping that going, uh, yeah, I mean, my my website has um, down the bottom <clears throat> in the footer, there's want more honesty, tips and insights into tapping into your best performance delivered right to your inbox is the call to action down That's there. Great. And I, I have links to all my social LinkedIn, uh, all the socials I mentioned before. So I think I think it's going to work once it's actually out there. Yeah. I've had people posting Facebook just when are you launching? When and when? Take my money. So um, I think I'm in a great position of having a built-in audience who they've been asking for this course, even though they didn't know they were asking for it. Very cool. Well, once this episode launches, it should be after the first few weeks of your own launch. It would be great if you come into the Online Course Masters Facebook group and you kind of share what the launch was like. I'm sure people are going to be interested to see if if you made any sales from that initial audience, um, what your emails look like, and, and potentially we can do a follow-up in the future um, just to hear kind of how things are going. Um, just, yeah, because it, if people are asking about when it's going to launch, it sounds like you'll, you'll have at least some people, um, buying your course when it, when it does launch. So that's, that's really cool. Um, are there any questions you had for, for Jamie and I or anything, um, before we go? I I guess I'll I'll combine this question into also, uh, just sort of, uh, another live, uh, learn from my example, newbie course makers is, um, Letting go of perfection has been really hard for me with with everything about this. I mean, I went from never having been in front of a camera to I built a professional green screen studio in my garage with everything that I need. I mean, it's got all the stuff that you guys recommend. It's all sitting in here right now (laughs) and I know how to use it now. So 
that is because I like to make it work properly, but also I haven't put a thing out, which is, mm-hmm. is the big problem with wanting it to be great. And it doesn't have to be great to, to release this stuff. So I guess the question I would have is talking about that a little bit or talking about letting other people take some control over helping is, is really difficult for a lot of first time creators, I think. Yeah, totally. And I think it's natural, though, as a trumpet player who is at the top of their game or just any musician, I mean, the goal is to be perfect when you're doing your your job. So it's just naturally going to be like that when you are doing something else. Um, I think for me, I mean, I struggled with the same kind of thing with different things where with video editing for a long time, I wanted to be the one editing my videos and making them perfect in my mind. But I guess there were external forces for me with just this past year, with the business growing so much, with me having twin sons and just not having enough time. it, It was for me realizing that editing my courses, editing my YouTube videos, that was what took me the most amount of time. And if I could outsource it, that would save me more time. And really, before I found an editor who could edit for me, I just wasn't creating courses for six months. I wasn't putting out videos. And so it was really a necessity for me that if I was going to continue creating courses and be sane, I needed to outsource this. And it was kind of just that kind of like a breaking point for me that it pushed me over the edge of, of needing to outsource the video editing aspect. And I think there's things like that, that for you, um, with the graphic design at the end of the day, it, I mean, obviously it looks good. It looks great. And, and it's exactly what you wanted. Could have, could someone else have come up with that or helped you with it? Probably. And so I think it is just a mindset thing of realizing that and letting go. Like there are people out there that can pretty much do anything we can do um, in terms of like putting together an online course and growing a brand. Um, I don't know. It's not really a direct answer, but um, I take my own course on mindset. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jeremy, do you have any sort of other tips or advice regarding that? Yeah. Listen to your wife. <laughs> she is right. No, I'm. I mean, we all we all struggle with this. Uh, you know, like I, I myself am, am a perfectionist. If my wife was listening to this, she'd be laughing right now because she knows that I I do the same thing. I am very much about wanting to be in control and take care of everything. Um, what you just have to realize is that uh, Chris Ducker talks about this. There are three things: things that only you can do, things that you can do but shouldn't do, and things that you can't do. The can't do is the obvious one. I can't do Pinterest advertising and marketing, so I shouldn't even mess with it. There are things that I can do like, you know, video editing and websites, but is that where my time is best spent? I mean, I, I enjoy video editing and I can do it, but it takes a lot of time. What can only I do? I can only teach content. I can only do the podcast. No one can come on here and do the podcast for me. No one can stand in front of the camera and do my course. So those are the things that you got to be focused on. You got to focus on the things that only you can handle and anything else outside of that, you should have other people do for you. If you can do that, if you can afford it and and you can have the time, getting people to um, do the work is also a job in itself. And when you start 
uh, hiring people and trying to find the right people, that's also like a whole nother job that you have to learn how to do because you have to learn how to vet people and find the right candidates. Right. But you always need to be thinking to yourself, is this something that only I can do? Or is this something that I can do, but maybe it's probably not the time best spent for me that I could actually have someone else do this for me. That's awesome advice. The yeah. only other thing I'll add to just, which is great advice for us and anyone listening, just about the idea of just getting something out there. And even if it's not perfect is people at the end of the day, don't care if it's perfect. And that extra, maybe 80% of the effort to make it perfect doesn't result in 80% of the return, 80% of your customers or people finding on YouTube and actually enjoying the content. And mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said for even being a little bit more personable, personal, authentic that people like when if you are doing a live video on Instagram or if you're just putting out more content and it's not perfect that people appreciate now and actually will become more of those raving fans and followers that you want. Um, and so for anyone listening and if you're stuck kind of wondering, Oh, should I put out this video or, Oh, I, I don't want to make this video because I need to, I need to perfect my branding. I need to come up with a logo. I need to, to learn how to edit videos and make the graphics look good. I would say if you're just starting out, just start putting stuff out however you can right now, even if it's not perfect and you'll learn along the way, it'll get better. And, um, yeah, just, just get it out there. So man, well, this has been great, a great chat. Um, Chris, it's been great just talking online. We're going to have all the links and, and notes to uh, your website for anyone listening who wants to follow along at onlinecoursemasters.com slash 83. Any other final advice um, that you have for anyone who's just getting started um, or anywhere else that we, we should send people to uh, who want to learn more about you? Well, I, I, I don't know if this is the best piece of advice, but this what just popped into my head, which is just instead of perfectionism, just go for authenticity and making a connection with people because whether you're a performing artist or you're an online teacher, that connection has to be authentic or it's not going to resonate. And I think that's probably the thing that uh, is most important to keep top of mind when you're presenting something to someone else is to make sure you're not getting wrapped up in, in the details of, you know, what kind of camera mic or whatever you're using and just, and just put it out there. And I'm going to take my own advice uh, in two weeks and do that myself. <laughs> Great. Well, we're looking forward to seeing it and also seeing the success that you have with uh, what, you, what you're currently building. So again, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. See you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, make sure you check out OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes, to enroll in our academy, and to join a free community of fellow course creators who can help you out. Also, if you're brand new to teaching online, check out our free five-day course creation challenge. It's the perfect way to jumpstart your online course business. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate your support for the show. Now it's time to get to work. So go make some online courses and help us teach the world. <laughs>